Your bunny. I'll suck your cock for a thousand dollars. Wonderful woman. We're all we're all very fond of her. Very free spirited. Brand can't watch though, or he has to pay a hundred. <laughs> That's marvelous. <laughs> Uh, I'm just gonna go find a cash machine. Woo! <laughs> I'm slamming him tonight. You guys are dead in the water. All right, way to go, Donnie! If you would, it is no dream. Fucking 20 minutes late, man. What the fuck is that? Theodore Herzl. Huh? State of Israel. If you will it, dude. It is no dream. What the fuck are you talking about, man? The carrier. What's in the fucking carrier? Huh? Oh, Cynthia's dog. I think it's a Pomeranian. Oh, I can't leave him home alone or eat the furniture. This is Gutterballs, the Lebowski Deepcast. Oh, it's a heist movie. No, it's a stoner movie. In each episode, Brad and Adam discuss a single minute of The Big Lebowski. Welcome to Incest in Space. Providing insight. He's making a ransom letter on his table to swindle money. Commentary. One of the most awkward moments in film history. And conjecture. Got my half and half. His brother is River Phoenix. (laughs) Are they related to Rivers Cuomo? That's one for the canon of the history of film. And now, Gutterballs. And we're off. Epa, 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 17. Yes? Yes, yes. Yes, that is correct. Yes, yes. I... Of note is that when I put the Blu-ray in, you go to chapters now, and I don't know what, how they decide like when to segment these chapters, like how to do that. Right, you could probably do a study just on that. Yeah, analyzing just on, that practice. Right. And like find every, the, find the people that are really good at it, the people that are poor at it. Different companies probably have different you know, uh, philosophies about how to do it, like right. DVD authoring, Blu-ray authoring companies. Right. Well, I think it may come more like individuals, you know, like MGM. We could be like, oh, man, MGM, they just sc- scored Burkholder. He defected from Lionsgate. <laughs> right. That's a, that's a coup for them. It's a real coup. They're going to have really nice chapter delineations now. He's going to do it at cuts. He's going to do it, you know, when it's motivated. It'll seem just really natural. It's going to be nice. But my point was, it uh, the menu goes in chunks of chapters. So there's 22 chapters in the DVD. I should check and see if... Actually, in the Blu-ray, sorry. I wanted to check to see if the DVD had the same number of chapters. You know, it's probably a different company that authored that. Maybe there's a different number of chapters. I don't know. Anyway, 22 chapters, and they go in chunks. They group them in chunks. Chapters 1 to 4, 5 to 9, you know, etc. I'm on the second set of chapters now. Okay. So it just feels good. Making progress. We're really getting into it. I mean, we are now. We really are. And this episode, this minute, it's really almost like two and one. 
because yeah. we have two complete separate scenes here, like 30 seconds of one, 30 seconds of another. Yeah, it was a little off-putting almost. Right. Very different. Very different scenes. Yeah. And it's almost, yeah, I feel like we've re- we're really starting to like get a little, we're starting to get beneath the surface here. Yeah. Without a doubt. Now, and things are starting to really happen. We got to be careful not to let anything slip by. So, I want to do a little revisiting again. Sure. We did, we did this last time. I, I don't want to spend too much time on it, mm-hmm. but just a couple of thoughts. We talked about this whip pan. Yes. The camera whip pans over to Uli to show him in the pool. Yes. Instead of cutting from the dude, cut to the pool. They pan over. It's a one continuous shot. And I just... I think they do that. I I guess we mentioned the geography of it, but I think they do it to prove that they are in fact in the same physical space. Right. There's something psychological for the audience about that, where if you're just cutting, cut, 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 you don't really get a sense of the space and a sense of connection between the characters or something. No, you're exactly right. Yeah. But without that, it's like, you know, in lieu of an establishing shot, right? Typically, right, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, there's an establishing shot that shows maybe all the different characters or items in a scene together. So then the audience can understand how they all relate to each other spatially. And then you can kind of cut into some close-ups. Right, then you can go all out, go willy-nilly. Right. But this case, there was no establishing of the pool or Yuli. So he had no idea. So if it simply cut to that, it could be like, oh, is this a new scene? Are we now at the pool? Right. Like it, it, would, it would be completely jarring without that something to connect. And I think there's a couple of reasons that they did it this way. Um, this geography of the characters is obviously the reason behind it, but... Um, they wanted to leave that little bit of a surprise. Exactly. You know? It's part of the scene. You're not supposed to know that Uli is there. Right. And it's like, oopsie, I shouldn't right. be fondling this woman's feet. Maybe that's right. her man right. down there. So exactly. it's like a little surprise for the audience. Well, it's because, yeah, for the audience, because the, you're putting yourself in the dude's situation. And the dude doesn't know he's down there. And the dude gets right. surprised. That's right. So you know, yes, it it wouldn't it would no be be nowhere near as powerful if we knew the Uli was there, right? So he has to remain a, a bit of a secret. Yeah, that and I guess that's really it. That's the main thing. But it just it took more work and was more expensive because that meant they had to actually have Peter Stormare, who plays Uli. I guess that's how you pronounce his name, Stormare. I believe in, so, yes. Yeah, he was in Fargo. Mm-hmm. He's Steve, in a lot of things. Yeah, he's he's around. But they had to have him on set for this setup. So they had to have him and Jeff Bridges together. That's right. what doing that pan meant, basically. Mm-hmm. They couldn't just uh, you know do a pickup with him floating in the pool. Even though they don't interact, just because they have that pan, now all of a sudden they're on set together. It's more expensive. So that was the first thing I wanted to revisit. It's 
you know, it's these are decisions that the Coens had to make in pre-production. You know, when they block out this scene and they storyboard it, they had to know that they wanted to throw this little surprise in there. And, like, they had to figure out the best way to present this. I think they did a good job of it. That's all. I I would totally agree. And, yeah, I mean, this is a classic... I mean, yeah, obviously, you know, like you mentioned pre-planning, there's no way they could just kind of throw that in at the last minute. Oh, yeah, we're going right. to have to, we're going to, like, totally shoot over this balcony and include a principal actor. Right, you just don't, it doesn't happen. It's, yeah, it, yeah, it's not uh, impromptu. <laughs> it's not extemporaneous. It's just another example of uh, the meticulousness of the Coens. They don't leave anything to chance. So, I also wanted to... I didn't actually do this, but I had it written down. I wanted to see if we could, like, look at the radio and see if we could see what station it was tuned to. That is probably a tall order. It is. I can't... The iTunes version, at least, I can't see it. It's just too... It's too fuzzy. The resolution is not there. Well, all right, so I'm looking at it now. Potentially, I want to see another shot. Yeah. No, you can't tell. Bummer. I'm going to check the, you'll hear it in the background. I'm checking the Blu-ray. Maybe there's, I don't know, a clearer picture of it. I'm going to say probably not. I just wanted to see if we could do a little research and figure out if there were any stations in that range that would actually play Esquivel. Of course, it's a little tricky because we don't know if it would be AM or FM. Well, we'd have to just examine the radio even closer. Right. But it has to be FM. Come on, get real. Yeah, who listens to AM radio? But AM might also be the kind of station that would play Esquivel, though. True, but Bunny's not the kind of person who would listen to A. She's a bit of an enigma, because she's listened to Viva Las Vegas when she's driving her car. Yes. By, uh, is it by ZZ Top, I think? Oh. Anyway, that's later. That's neither here nor there. Yeah. She's more of like a rock and roller. It's funny that she's there listening to Esquivel, but... Yeah, I don't think we're going to get any information out of that radio. My Spotify playlist, which if it's to be trusted, has Lee Rocker as the artist huh. for that for Viva Las Vegas. Who hasn't covered Viva Las Vegas, though? Let's face it. I've covered it twice. Right. That's my point. I liked your um, your like beat poetry version better. I think. That's the one that gets most of the attention. It gets the attention. Of course, you know, I, uh, it took me about, you know, an afternoon to, uh, you know, completely conceive and, and write that. Whereas, you know, my uh, longer symphonic treatment took me well over six months. Yet 
no one even remembers that one. It's just that beat poetry one. Sometimes so. it's the off the cuff stuff that's yeah. just like it's like lightning in a bottle, you know. Yeah. It's just more raw. It is. People love it. People fucking love it, man. I had one more revisiting. Um, I just wanted to mention we talked about Lady in the Lake. What's his name? I already forgot his name. That's how not Orson Welles he is. But that we see, this is the movie, the film noir right, right, movie right. where it's shot entirely in first person point of view. Yes, yes, yeah. It took me a second to remember what you're talking about, but right, yes. We yes. do actually see the protagonist one time. He they he walks past a mirror, <laughs> so we get to see him once. That was the big like, ooh, we see him. Right. There's a mirror. But that so. must have been a tricky shot. I'm if sure. If it's first-person perspective, or did yes. it, like, I'd be interested in looking at that. Or is it just, like, all of a sudden you're at this kind of, like, third, like, I don't know, I wonder how they... I seem to remember it. he, like, walks up to it. I remember it being relatively, like, oh, that's, wow, how'd they do that? That's, I mean, for, you know, 1940s filmmaking... Unless it was like a, tr- a complete trick. Like it wasn't a mirror, it was a pane of glass, and he was like standing on the other side of it. Well, that's what it was. But still, even to pull that off is, you know. Yeah. That's, a, that's, that's creativity. Yeah. So, I think we're done revisiting. That's all I had, unless you wanted to. I have no need to revisit. All right. I'm just interested. In, I, I'm just ready to just, you know, plow ahead. Boom. Here we go. What do you got? Give me something. Fire something at me. Well, the first half... So I feel, I feel like we just need to talk about the first half and then we'll talk about the second half. Right, it's like two parts, So I'm just going to stick to the first half okay. now. Okay, let's do that. And this is, this is naughty. <laughs> this is a very naughty minute. I'm a little uncomfortable, perhaps, even, to have what? to discuss this. Um, I don't know. I mean, I've seen it enough now where most of the awkwardness is probably gone but yeah it is naughty why why is it not you tell me let's just discuss it just don't not even mess around yes well okay so it starts out well so at the very end of the last minute we had brant who i forget exactly what he says now in essence he refers to the the hearer our guest must be getting along now mrs lebowski yes this previously unnamed woman is now Mrs. Lebowski. Right. So that starts this minute. The dude is like, ah, you must be Bunny. He knows something, a thing or two about Bunny already. That is true. And he and the dude is limber mentally. Yeah. Gener- generally speaking. It's on a strict drug regimen, so. Yeah, exactly. So, but here is where, again, I don't. So, you know, we talk a lot about how editing and camera can kind of create these psychological effects. And it would be interesting to hear if there's anything here that maybe I'm missing reinforcing this. But here's, I think, is a point where there's this bit of um, tension, maybe maybe tension created, or there's like something unexpected happens that throws you back. (laughs) Because he's simply... Oh, you must be Bunny. And then she just very seriously, very deadpan, just responds immediately. 
I'll suck your cock for a thousand dollars. Right. And you know, it here we were, we were listening to Esquivel by the pool. Okay, she was being a little flirty flirty with the blow on the feet. Right. But, but then you know, it's just playful. Yes, it's just bam. It's just like she just pulled the trigger on the shotgun right. into this guy's head, heart, and crotchal area. <laughs> Boom. Yeah, you. she went from playful with the toe blowing to uh, just not even body. Like, worse than that. Uh, risque, worse than risque, just... Uh, Pornographic, basically. Right. Pornographic in the language, and also, you know, just in this attempt, and you know, I don't know what you'd call it, you know, just he's just flat out propositioning him. <laughs> yes. A simple tit for tat, quid pro, quid pro quo, right? You give me a sum of money, and I shall give you a some gratification. Sexually. Crotchal area. Yes. Now we know that... I mean, we've been... We have a little background on Bunny already. She she owes money to Jackie Treehorn, whoever right. this is. But we know that Jackie Treehorn employs some muscle. Mm-hmm. We know that she gets an allowance, which is ample. However, she fails to live... Within that. Right. Right. Oh, goes out, owes money all over town. Which knows, perhaps is a leap that the dude and his gang have made. Yeah, all owing money to Jackie Treehorn doesn't necessarily constitute, quote, all over town, end quote. But uh, we know that she's apparently quick to rat out her spouse... Bunny says you're good for it, you know. Go get it from my husband, she said. Yes, apparently. very true. So she doesn't have, uh, you know, scruples, I guess. Right. Or well, no, it, no loyalty, maybe. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to say how it how it works, right? It's true. Like, versus, like, don't hurt me. Just go, like, dunk my husband's toilet in a he- in, head in the toilet and get the money from him. It could have just been, like... You know, hey, my husband's rich. He'll pay you back. Don't worry. Kind of True. a thing. Yeah. Could have been. You know, giving her a little bit more benefit of the doubt. Right. You know, I. it's hard to say, you know, what the truth of the matter is. It's Insofar conjecture. as there can be a truth at all, especially when talking about a fictional work. But Well, fiction or truth in this world, you know. In there a world that's, no in many ways, much more true than our own. <laughs> I'm just going to have to say it. Yeah, I'm probably climbing on that train with you. P.S. Hoff is a marvel. Oh, amazing marvel. Yes. He is just a marvel. His, his body movements. You have to wonder, does he practice these? So he's he's pre- he prepared for this scene. Obviously, you're an actor. You're gonna prepare. You're gonna read your lines. You're gonna 
what, I don't know, deliver them into the mirror, get people to help you out, what, think about it a lot? How do you prepare for something like this? I don't know. But he must have prepared. He, so Bunny says, I'll suck your cock for $1,000. His reaction to that is priceless. (laughs) The thing I love about it the most is... Clearly, he's uncomfortable, number one. He's just uncomfortable, generally. He's always, like, on the verge of, like, I don't know, like, he's just scared, like, something bad is going to happen. Everywhere, around every corner, something bad might happen. Well, and rightfully so. Well, right, because bad things actually are happening. He has, and he has, you know, he has this strange stoner dude feeling up the trophies. (laughs) He Fingering has, the hole, as it were. Yeah. He has, you know, Bunny with her shenanigans. And he's just trying to keep some level of decorum is ultimately, I think, his issue, right? He believes in some, like, old-fashioned decorum. I don't know. what. It's just that's the only word for it I have. I've been getting... Much to my disappointment, I've been getting a little sucked into Downton Abbey. So, you know, black mark against my name, I suppose. But I it's, wouldn't, that's not a black mark. It's on, you know, it's, it's on. A po- I can't, it's a very popular it is. show. All those people can't necessarily be wrong. They can't this, necessarily all be right, but they can't be wrong. This is I'm a sure valued, a uh, valued um, yeah, show, man. But yeah, no, it's, you know, once you start, uh, anyway, he's very Downton Abbey. That's what he strives for. He strives to be Downton Abbey. It's like things are done in a certain way. There are hierarchies. There are, you know, levels of uh, importance or power or what have you. There's status. He, he's of that, he's of that breed, I guess. Even though nothing else really around him is that way. But he wants it to be this. Everything should be proper. There's a way we do things. But he's just so out of place because you got, like you said, Bunny there and the stoner dude. Even the titular Lebowski, he doesn't even really play that game too well. He doesn't have the affectation in his speech. He uses kind of foul language. He's, I don't know. Brant's just out of place. He's just out of place, which lends to his uncomfortable and awkwardness, I guess. Yeah. There's a nihilist in the pool. There's a freaking nihilist passed out drunk floating in the pool. So when Bunny says, I'll suck your cock for $1,000, he has this strained fake laughter like i'm going to play it off as if it were a joke now so i will laugh but his nostrils have you looked at his nostrils yes yep that is something yes his nostrils are flared his neck his (laughs) his shoulders more or less like rise like his neck more or less just disappears 
Yes. Just, Nick- uh, I, don't, I don't know. She said that. <laughs> like, yeah. Neck disappears. His arms are flailing out, <laughs> timed perfectly with his laughter, and the nostrils, both of them flaring. Ha, 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 ha. Flare, 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 flare. <laughs> is that something he practiced, you know? Or is that just, I'm going to awkwardly laugh, and it's just how I awkwardly his, laugh, the nostrils, nostrils flare. flare. Yeah, I don't know. It's just so... It's so... a true... He's He is awkwardly laughing... Like, it's not just his whole body awkwardly laughing. It's his very soul. <laughs> like, it's from the inner, in, outside coming out. Like, yeah. Just brilliant. That's marvelous. That's Wonderful sad. woman. We're all very fond of her. Very he touches free-spirited. <laughs> he fixes his glasses. He just uses... His whole body, not even his whole, his whole person. He uses his entire person. He just embodies the character. There's a word for it, I think. It's, um, I don't know what the word is. I'm not even going to try. But it's, it's, he has become Brant. I just can't get enough of him. Very free-spirited. We're all very fond of her. But he, that's not true. I don't think he likes her very much. Well, no, but that's his, you know, he's doing his best to play this off as, like, somehow normal. <laughs> like, yeah, we're zany people here. <laughs> Lots of fun to be had here at the Lebowski Manor. <laughs> the and, Lebow- yeah, and Bunny, well, Bunny just looks at him like, just kind of like I can't believe what a dweeb we have here. You know, it's it's subtle. It's really only there for a split second before she goes on with her line. But as you know, as you know, as we look frame by frame, you can see her her expression. Yeah, he's completely irrelevant to her. Yeah. Some oh, there's oh, he's over there. Yeah. And then she just makes it even more awkward by saying, you know, Brant can't watch though, or he has to pay a hundred. <laughs> Knowing that that is going to make him right. <laughs> even more uncomfortable. Right. Well, and that's where I think Brant it kind of pushes him over the edge because then he has a little bit of his fake laugh, like it's still going, and then it kind of just dies out very quickly, and he's just like. That's marvelous. And then he's just like, you know, he's just like... Time to go. That's time to go. And even like when he says that's marvelous, there's a little bit of a like, you know... Well, that's just fucking great kind of a tone (laughs) to his voice. That's marvelous. You know, there's a little bit of an edge to it. Right. It was bad enough, and then you had to go and make it even worse. I was just here awkwardly trying to laugh it off. And now you just... Now you've... Now you've sullied my name. Right. That's done now. Bunny wasn't having any of that. She's like, she's all in at this point. She just wants to create a scene. That's her goal here. Just to like be ridiculous. Just Is to that be, her goal? Yeah, just to be as offensive as possible. That's her thing. 
But is it? I think she's on like serious. Well, maybe. But it's still causing a scene. Well, it is causing a scene. She just wants maybe. to be as outlandish as possible. I don't think she wants to be outlandish as an end to itself. I don't think she cares being if she's outlandish, but I think that's just an honest proposition. She's just like, I need money. You know, my allowance is not very ample. But does she need a thousand dollars or eleven hundred? Because her allowance, what does she owe Jackie Treehorn? Half a mil or something? Well, she. Well, she's not paying that back. She just needs more money to go forward. And if she has to, I don't know, like how many times do you think she could do that in a day? Well, 10, 20? I mean, if you really wanted to be aggressive about it, right. you could probably do a couple hundred, honestly. Yeah, right. But realistically, though. Realistically, probably 5 to 10. 5 to 10 DJs in a day. Yeah, in just terms of simply like... Before, you know, yeah. She's not in it, like, to be... She's doing this out of some... I don't know. She's not... Let's say it this way. She doesn't have a strong work worth work ethic, right? So Why it's do you like say she's, that? She's going to get it. I, that's just what I get from her, right? She is a... Well, she's looking for work wife. right now, though. I mean... Well, she's looking to make $1,000 in... You know, one to ten minutes. That's, you know, that's pretty, uh, yeah, right, right, one, definitely one to ten minutes. That's what I would have said, too. Not 14 seconds. No. Now, you could have maybe some repeat customers who, I mean, it's called nymphomania in women, but what, there's a different name for it. Ceteriasis. I was going to say psoriasis. That's not it, though. It's different. Ceteriasis. So maybe, you know, if she really worked this business, find some, you know, higher class clients, but maybe some of them have ceteriasis. So you could maybe do a couple times a day, maybe twice a day. She could pull in some coin. So I don't know if she has Theoretically poor work ethic i mean here she is relaxing and it's like hey if i if i can work i'll work but i I don't think she really wants to i think she would not saying she wouldn't you know give the bj but i think i think she just likes causing a scene and like really really enjoys making Brant uncomfortable. They're in, you know, they're in a bit of a power struggle. They're the two closest people to the titular Lebowski. She knows how to get under his skin. I think she, part of it is her just really enjoying doing that. She knows the dude doesn't have a thousand dollars. He's not going to pay a grand for a BJ. I don't know. He might. I mean, she doesn't know like that. Like, if that but, you was know, all on. his life savings, if he managed, let's say, that's, like, all he has in the world, right? He's And he's going to, he could, like, sell his car, his bowling, <laughs> maybe not his bowling ball, right? That's going no, too no. far. Come on. It's kind of like some, like, early 90s 
Lebowski bowling league kind of like version of like bros before hoes or something, right? Because during league play, no, can't no bunny, right? But he could sell his car, cash in all of whatever he has, and somehow come out with a thousand dollars. Would he give it to Bunny? <laughs> I think he'd consider it. I think he would. I think he's considering it. I think he, right. He's considering right now. it now. Well, he is smitten with her from the very second he sees her, right? He Goes just up wa- there. Right. All sleazily wanders yes. up to her and leans yep. over her. I mean, we used the word last time, lecherous. Lecherous. Very lecherous. And even at this point, you know, she says that whole thing. Brand can't watch, and he's just like kind of like looking down at her, like with this, you know, grin on his face over his sunglasses. Like, whoo, he's kind of he's kind of loving it, yeah, that's right up his alley, really. Mm-hmm. And as Brant is now pulling him away, pulling him across the patio to leave the estate, he's like kind of being, yeah, he has to be pulled a little bit, he's kind of looking behind him. Like, I need to... I'm just going to go find a cash machine. Yeah. (laughs) I have the coaster with those words on it. I have it work. I put my coffee on it every day. (laughs) I'm just going to go find a cash machine. HR can't really say anything about that. There's nothing lewd there. Could be about anything. There's no context. It's the context that makes it lewd. Right. Right? Well, if people see that, and then they're the ones who think there's a problem with that, I think the problem is more with them. Correct. Because where's their mind going instantly? I'm offended now. Maybe I just needed money for lunch. Anyway, I love it. There's an interesting thing here now in my ongoing quest to destroy the movie. And I don't know that this does. But if you look at the sky, the close-up of the dude, so behind the dude, mm-hmm. at, uh, let's see, suck your cock for $1,000, Brant's nostrils, and we see the dude, and he's like, hey pushing his sunglasses up behind him. It's blue sky. Yes. The sun is out. You can see the trees behind him. Some of the leaves are highlights, you know? The sun is hitting those leaves way in the background. It is sunny. The sun is shining. As Brant pulls the dude away, this is at like 1624 or so. Mm -hmm. It's overcast. It's cloudy back there. Mostly clouds. And I suppose, you know, one half of the sky could be overcast and cloudy, and the other half could be sunny. But it's just worth mentioning. Yeah, I wouldn't call the other half overcast. I think it's still blue. Mostly cloudy. How about that? But there's lots of, there's clouds. There's many clouds visible. The kind of clouds where it's not like an isolated storm. You know, it's sort of the kind of clouds where they'd be, you know, throughout the sky. Right. 
But even behind the dude, and what I think is, you know, looking at this now, calling my attention to this. So even behind the dude, in that close-up of him, you can see there's like a cloud in the sky. Right, there's one tiny little wisp of cloud there, which is actually weird looking. It's very weird to me. I thought it was a contrail at first, but it's not. It's cloudy. It's a piece of cloud. How... How they can like, actually expose for blue sky and get his face exposed yeah, to? Yeah, I mean that's totally hardcore. right. Like that they, is in essence, hardcore. needed something as bright as the sun right. to shine right onto his face. Right. No wonder he's got to wear sunglasses. Yeah, that's serious business right there. I mean that is hardcore. You have like a ten thousand or twenty thousand watt HMI blasting onto maybe a bounce card or something. Mm. But we can't see the bounce card in the reflection of his sunglasses. That's what's crazy, too. Yeah. So how are they even doing it? Well, if you look at the shot of Brant laughing uncomfortably, so behind him there's like, you know, whatever, some kind of column, Mm -hmm. you know, some kind of structure. And behind that's the trees. And through the trees, there's sky. And the sky is completely blown out. Blown out. And... That's what you'd expect. But again, it's just these little kind of pieces between some of the trees. It's like, all right. Right. You're not looking at that. Not a big that. deal. Right. But then when you get to the dude, yeah, I, the, it's mind-boggling. It's intense. It's really intense. But like I said, it's even crazier that you can't... The amount of light they they have to be pouring on his face, and we can't see any evidence of it in the reflection of his sunglasses. That to me is the craziest part. And then also, if you look at Brant's close up, so they did a good job. You know, the right side of his face, his right, is brighter because the sun is to the right. left, you know, screen right. left. But if you look at the left side of his face, back towards his ear. They have a nice little uh, kicker, a nice little highlight on the left side of his face. It's a little bluish, so they're mm-hmm. you know they got a, you know some kind of HMI coming in and kind of giving him a highlight on the left side of his face. That's what you want to do. You know you have bright, dark, and then a little bit of bright again. You have contrast. Everything's about contrast. So what is an HMI? It's a daylight balanced light basically so different light sources have different color temperatures if you are in your house okay sure and, and you look around and you have an incandescent bulb in your lamp and it's you know the afternoon or something you can look at that light and it's you know casting light on the wall and throughout the room it's orangish now if you have that in your sight and you also are looking outside the outside is blue so sunlight, they they measure these color temperatures in degrees Kelvin. As opposed to heat temperatures, these are color temperatures. So daylight right. is 5,600 degrees Kelvin. And uh, tungsten is 3,200 degrees Kelvin. The lower you go on the scale, the oranger the light is going to be. So... You know, most light kits are tungsten balanced because you're going to be shooting interviews or whatever. 
But if you're going to shoot yeah. outside, all of a sudden you're going heavy duty, like hardcore. And you're going to be shooting directly into the sun and filling in the dude's face so you can expose both. Once you start doing that, you need to have daylight balanced lights. And that's where the HMIs come in. Does HMI stand for anything? You know, I, I should know that. I'm sure it does. But, but in essence, an HMI is just a light that runs the color temperature of the sun. Yep, just daylight balanced. Same, same color temperature as sunlight. They, uh, they're very expensive, but you get a lot of bang for your buck, so to speak. So, like a 1,200 watt HMI will give, uh, give you more oomph than a 1,200 watt tungsten balance light. Don't ask me why. But they also require a lot of power. They have, um, um, I guess you call it a ballast. You're out in a place like this, you need, uh, Pretty much, you know, if you're running a uh, five or 10,000 watt light, you can't just plug that into a 20 amp circuit, you know? Things catch sure. on fire. <laughs> yeah. You're yeah. you're blowing things up because there's a whole, there's a formula for it. And I'll, I'll get it wrong, so again, the depths of my ignorance will be on full display. But the formula is something like um, watts, uh, it's watts divided by something will give you the amperage you need. Just I, knowing that there's a formula is really 90% of the battle. You can look it up easily. You can look it up. Right. That's this is the world we live in now. You don't actually have to know anything anymore. You just have to know how to find it. But um yeah, like a you can basically run like I have some tungsten balance lights and I have a 2K. So 2000 watt light. Basically, I plug that in. I can't that circuit's done now. Don't plug you know uh, your laptop in don't plug an electric toothbrush, nothing. Don't plug anything else into there now. So you've taken up an entire circuit. Right. So you have a 5,000 watt or a 10,000. They go up to like 20,000. They're called Ari Suns. Ariflex makes them. They call them Ari Suns because they literally seem like they're as bright as the sun. They're intense. So you need to have either some kind of crazy studio that has like 50 amp or 100 amp circuits or you need to have you know some kick-ass generator i don't know how i went down that path yeah yeah i just really wanted to know if hmi stood for anything but you know cool it's good to know i'm looking it up i knew i said i wouldn't hydrargyrum medium arc Iodide. Aha. Uh -huh. I see why they call them HMIs. Yes. A mercury halide gas discharge medium arc length lamp with a multi-line emission spectrum. 
whatever, it looks the same as the sun. And they're expensive. And difficult to wrangle. Anyway, that little kicker on the side of Brant's face, they're probably using the HMI for. And that's probably a 2000 watt HMI, and you can see it just gives him just a little bit of a highlight on the left side of his face. It's not even mm -hmm. overbearing, you know, because they're dealing with the sun, which is, you know, a nuclear reaction. Yes. It's enough to warm the entire planet. From 93 million miles away. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it allows life to exist. In the bleak, black, miserably cold emptiness of space. You got it. As we leave this environment, I feel like we're probably getting close to transitioning now. Yes, to the I second. Would think so. I think so. As we leave this environment, we... It's a weird little shot. So Brant says, all right, done with this, and pulls the dude away. Mm -hmm. And he delivers one of his iconic lines, I'm just going to go find a cash machine. And he ha a couple of things. He has a weird, it's a very strange, like, he points his finger up in the air. He's all, all of a sudden become even more stoned somehow. I feel like they <laughs> shot this at a different time, maybe. Anyway. And there's, like, gross copper stains running down the arches behind there. It's mm -hmm. like, can't, can't you scrub those off? Anyway, we see the reverse shot now of Bunny. Yes. And she's looking like, mm, yeah, I just caused some shit. And maybe thinking, maybe he will come back with $1,000 and I can make some money. But she's very pleased with what she just caused. Yes. You can see the pool in the background. It did a pretty good job framing out the area where Uli is supposed to be floating. But if you notice, the surface of the water is mirror-like. It's completely still. And, um, when, and when we saw Uli floating around in there, it was, you know, splashing all over the place. So I think I'm, I might just be having some weird trouble perceiving this. It yes. looks like the pool is empty. Well, that's interesting, man. Like from, I don't... To my eyes, like, I see... And maybe I'm just not understanding what I'm supposed to be looking at. Maybe I need to go back to see what it looked like with Uli in it. To get it's... sense. You know, I don't like the shot of Uli because... Beverly Hills Cop, have you seen this movie? Beverly Hills Cop. No. Cop. You've no. never seen Beverly Hills Cop? No. Starring Eddie Murphy? No. This came out in 1985 or 6 or something. Okay. You know of this movie, I'm certain. Yes, I do know of it. Okay. He's from Detroit. He goes to Beverly Hills to... I don't know what. He just ends up... He's out of place. Fish out of water story, but you know, be friends, some nice suit wearing LA detectives and whatever. Eddie Murphy, a comedy, a cop, like a buddy. Action comedy. Action comedy, right. So he, he, um, 
he basically squats in this house. The people are away. That's what he does, you know. He's like half con man, half cop. So anyway, he ends up squatting in this ridiculous mansion in Beverly Hills. It's got a pool, you know, huge, like, who knows, 15-bedroom mansion in Beverly Hills. So the shot where the buddy detectives come over and they're like, what are you doing here? supposed to be all ostentatious and then like look at me woo and he's floating on a like a raft in the pool hey what's up look at me but the water is so dark like it's almost black and i want the water to be like azure i want it to be brilliantly like blue sparkling blue cerulean blue perhaps but it's not it's practically black and this pool that Uli's floating around in isn't quite as bad but it's just dingy I don't like it I wish that it was bright blue I see shots of pools in movies sometimes they're bright blue why can't this be bright blue perhaps they thought it looked better. I mean, he's a dingy guy. He's drunk in the pool. He is, but I, I think it would be... I mean, he's got the empty Jack bottle there. It's all about contrast. I think it would have been better if it was a pristine, well, beautiful pool, and then you have the dingy right. guy floating in it. Well, as I look at it, and again, you know, there is a blue aspect to it. Like A large part of it is in shadow. Yes, there's a blue aspect, but it's not beautifully blue. But the part that's blue. not in shadow is blue. It is like a nice crystal it, ripples of light. It's not But as that's blue. only a small portion of yeah, the Yeah, and even surface. that is not as blue as I want it to be. I want it to be bluer. Like Caribbean ocean blue. Turquoise. Anyway, the ripples are all over the place. It's moving around, you know. I just we, noticed something. We've heard two splashes, and then it's mirror-like. So, what did you notice? That there is, in addition to the bottle of Jack floating Oh, there's another Uli, one over there. There's another one way over there. Way Holy over on the other side of the pool floating there. Look at that. Major breakthrough. Wow. Wow. We have found the second bottle of Jack. Oh my goodness, we look at just... that. This isn't even this minute, you understand. Oh, I realize that. Wow. <laughs> Could that somehow be the second splash? Not that I understand. I don't understand the nature of the splashes, honestly. I just... That's the second splash. Why would that be the second? Like he's, I don't know. No, I don't think it could be. Well, I can't tell now. I'd have to go back and like listen. But like, I think that bottle is floating in there before we hear the second splash. Yeah, I, I don't think it is. I think the splashes <clears throat> are just, you know, very lightly supposed to be him like swigging out of it and then like <clears throat> dropping right. it back. 
Harry just kind of twitches a little bit, like, what? Right, right. Well, but, okay, so now going back to what started this whole thing, the reverse shot, and you see Bunny. The pool is empty. I don't, I need to look at this. I don't think it's empty. What version are you looking at? Well, I'm on the uh, iTunes version right now. That's what I'm looking at, too. There's no, like, trickery. They went back with CGI and added water to the pool in one version or something. No, you can see reflections. You can see the pillars and whatnot reflected in the surface. I'm not sure what you're talking about. It's an empty pool. Now, there is, like, a pattern. Like, the pool wall has, like, squares or, like, yeah, like, lines. You don't think that's a reflection? No, because it's not a. It's not. Doesn't look like a reflex. It's like perfectly geometrical, perfectly straight lines. Oh, this is making me really uncomfortable. I'm trying to see if I can see that look... pattern in the first shot. No, there's no way that that's reflection. Like, I mean, there's like little leaves, like like little like urns with flowers coming out of it and stuff, like on the wall of the I can't pool. see that in the first shot though and granted there's a lot of interference with the wavy water but like I don't see those patterns I see like subway tile type tiles alright let's go back to the first well, let's put it this way even if there are later on you see those the urns with leaves like those aren't reflections I mean it's hard to tell because again the water's so black but you can yeah, I guess you can't really see it all. What would be on the the back of the pool wall, like the back, like the wall first? That is, I do see these like urns of flowers now. That is creeping me out, man. That is an. I think you're right. That's an empty pool. It's almost confusing to look at. <laughs> They look like doors almost, you know? Yeah. Well, and plus you're looking at it, you know, through the pillars on the, like, you know, the little... Terrace? Yeah, on the edge of the terrace there, you know, there's the pillars, the railing there. So you're kind of looking through that. That is creeping me right out. Yep. Well, it's an empty pole. Another continuity error. An empty pool. Which makes it even crazier with this whip pan. Right. Well, they just shot this reverse shot at a really different time. Like, maybe, you know, after they even even went back. Like, okay, we shot this scene. And then they're like, oh, wait, we need to, like, get a reverse shot here or something. Let's call Tara back. And we'll record this. Like, oh, but the pool's been emptied. It's like, well, no one's going to notice. We'll frame it out as best we we'll can. We'll frame it out. I don't even see. It'll cost, you know, $30,000 to fill the pool back in. Yeah, it's like, well, that. Screw that. That could buy a lot of blow. You know what I mean? <laughs> There's another shot where we can see a bit of the pool, actually. And I know we're going way back. But at 1511, so this previous minute, the approach to Bunny... You can see in the bottom left corner of the frame a little bit of the pool. I believe there's water in it there. We can kind of see it rippling around a bit, I think. I'm willing to say that. 
So, yeah, it was probably just that very last shot. They just had to yeah, get it. Yeah, there's water in that, yep. And we talked before, I think it was last episode. Maybe it was the episode before, but I think it was the last episode, you know, about how, like, there are a lot of shots from the dude's point of view. Right? That's yeah. what we got to talk about Lady of the Lake or whatever. Like, right. Yeah, like, this is another shot. He's looking back at Bunny... Like, the camera is moving away, right? Like, you're seeing it from his vantage point. Yeah. They do a lot of that. I have to keep an eye out for that. Like, when when do they use that? And why? So, again, pre-production. They planned it all out. They have reasons. Right. Although, theoretically, they may not have planned that scene because there's no water in the pool. True. Well, that's true. They may have gone back. Or who knows how it worked. Maybe it was always planned, but it was something like, well, we ran out of daylight. We can't film it today. Well, that storm came. We see clouds in the background. Yeah, like something happened. And they were like, all right, well, the next day we're shooting this other stuff, so we can't, you know, redo that shot. But we'll come back. We'll come back at the end to do it. You know, who knows how it happened. If you think about it, this scene is already, like, hanging by a thread just because of the, like, it's sunny, it's cloudy aspect. You don't really notice too much. They do a pretty good job of, like, you know, kicking in some highlights to make it seem sunny. But it's pretty clear that it's cloudy or maybe later in the day or something in some of these shots. And sunny in some of the others. So, yeah, they're probably just riding it out like, oof, but then it just got too dark or too something. Maybe they just ran out of daylight. Cause that shot with Brant where you can see in the background, it does look like sunset almost. Who knows? Could be a million reasons. Yes. So with that reverse, was looking, you know, reverse, reverse shot to Bunny. Camera is dolling back. Are they doing the steps? Is it like moving up and down? Let's see. Like they've been doing? A little. A little. It's hard. Yeah, it might be. If nothing else, it's not definitely like a straight. It doesn't just go straight back. Like you can. It kind of is almost like the camera, like kind of like. It's moving around. It's like tilting up a little bit or something. Almost like I feel like. I'm not sure. Like it's like not level. Like it like kind of like dips to the right a little bit or something. Even it's a weird little move. It's hard to tell. Yeah, it's a weird little move. And another continuity thing: if you look at her shoes in that shot, they are both shoes are on the same side of the crack in the sidewalk. So you have these. Not crack, but the the tiles. They're like two right. foot by two foot tiles. Right? So the heel of one of these candies is just over the one line. Right. You see that? So that's we'll call that the um we'll call that the Z axis. Okay. And then the other lines we'll call that the Y axis. Both shoes so just to the left of the shoes, that particular Y axis. Both shoes are on this side of that axis. But in an earlier shot, the shoes are straddling that axis. 
Hmm. So another case where, yeah, they probably shot it weeks or months later, and they couldn't exactly remember where the shoes were. I'll find you the minute mark where this is. It is um, 15, I guess right after the dude lecherously fondles her foot, and we go back to Bunny for the reverse shot. Oh, I see. And it's 1532. While he's fondling the foot, you can see beyond the foot and hand, you can see the shoes there, yeah. Right. And using those, yeah, using the tiles as a guide, you can see they're just not in the same place. Right, not even close, really. Yeah. And, again, the harsh harsh shadows, but, yeah, shoes are in a different place. They just shot it at a different time, that last shot. So, the second environment. We're back to the bowling alley. Bowling alley, yep. Cut from the bunny... Looking behind her, oh, weird dude leave, dude leave, yeah. Like, <laughs> and then cut to boom, strike, slamming him tonight. Yep, Donnie, his shirt now says Ray, right? The back of his shirt, it took me a while to figure this out to be able to pause it right on like the maybe like one or two frames where you can actually read the back of his shirt. It's from Portland. Did, did you see this? Yeah, it's like something Portland. It's S period, P period, ampersand, S period, R period, Y period. Portland. S-P and S-R-Y. Portland. Did you do any research on that? I didn't because I just found that out about like uh, a couple minutes ago. Accidentally. I paused it and I could read it clearly. Whereas before I was trying to get that and I just couldn't do it. I was able to pause it on the blue rack and do a little frame advance deal. Yeah, that's a that's a weird one. S P and S R Y Portland. Ray is the guy. Are you looking it up? Are you Spokane, researching? Spokane, Portland and Seattle Railway? No. Yeah, Seattle Railway. That could be. Yeah. The S P S R Y is a it's part of the Spokane, Portland, Seattle, SPSRI Railway. It's not even a bowling shirt. Or is it the bowling team for the railway? Here's one for you, too. So, took me a bunch of viewings of this minute. But, we can talk more about Smokey when he has his moment. It's coming up within the next few minutes here. It's coming up soon. So, I don't want to get too into Smokey yet. Yes. But in the background now, presumably, not presumably, Donnie says you guys are dead in the water. So it's the dude, Donnie and Walter versus this uh, trio of like long-haired, tattooed, bandana-wearing fellas. Right. Well, They're one all, guy's tattooed. Well, one guy's tattooed. They're all kind of of the same breed, you know? They look well, like same kind of fellas. I mean, the two guys, so there's Smokey and another guy, the guy without the tattoos, they're kind of similar breed. Yeah. Although the guy that isn't Smokey looks a, quite a bit younger, but they're both of that similar long-haired breed. I think, the, I think again, Smokey is 
more of a old school hippie guy, whereas I think the other bowler with the tattoos, he's more of let's say a in some ways related, but in some ways diametrically opposed countercultural movement from the sixties in that he's a biker. He's an easy rider type and Smokey's a flowers in my hair dancing around to the music in the fields type. Exactly. Maybe. But they're both, you know, from the 60s. Yes. Doing they're drugs. All, yeah, exactly. They're all burned so, out from the 60s. Like they're very different from the Jesus and Liam. <laughs> yes. You know, and the dude and Walter. But this so. team, yeah, they also all have, though, a, like, you know, their coordinated team bowling right. shirt. Their purple, with, yellow. With their yellow names highlights. on it. Their actual names. Right. Why the dude, Donnie and Walter, can't muster up the organization to i think that just you know just distracts that's just a kind of like a distraction right they, they're not into that that's too you know too flashy. we don't play by the rules yeah they're yeah. going to put every ounce of resources they have into bettering their game right not, not ordering flashy shirts right Plus not the probably, trappings they probably can't afford them anyway yeah they could get walter to pay for them maybe 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 my point, though, so look at the uh, the Smoky team, we'll call them. Yes. Now I'm at 1630. Donnie has just turned around. I can see his shirt, SP and SRY Portland. In the background, we have from left to right, Smoky, Tattoo Man, Young Smoky, for lack of a better way to describe them. Okay, I'll go All with right? that. Young Smoky is at the scorer's table. Smokey and Tattoo Man are behind the scores table sitting on the bench the seats bench seats there. Yeah? Oh. Yes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm slamming him tonight. Donnie walks over, you guys are dead in the water. We follow him, we see them. Whoops a daisy. Yep, Tattoo Man's is. at the scores table. Smokey's way in the background, and young Smokey is closest to us. They have all switched positions. <laughs> yep. I mean... That is what we call in the business an error. That is quite an error. Well, I might say it's not too much of an error, because really, if I have... So you have to pause it. Like, it's really there for a fraction of a second. You can see them behind Donnie. And it... It's very hard for me to even pause to see that. Like I said before, like I couldn't read what was on the back of his shirt because to pause it on that exact frame and to actually see them behind there. I'm not saying it's an error that brings me out of the reality of the movie if I'm watching right. it in real time, but I'm thinking about it from the production standpoint. Like, how, how does this happen? It must have been a similar situation where it was shot at a different time. How else can all of them be in different positions? Well, it was definitely shot at a different time. I mean, all these shots are to some extent. I mean, like weeks, like not the same day or yeah. even the same setup. I don't know about that. I mean, it could just be... They've done some different takes. They've done some different things where maybe 
they some some in some scenes someone's getting up to bowl. Yeah, it's hard to say. But even if it was shot later, you don't think that those guys can remember where they sat the previous time? Well, they shot a lot of bowling scenes. I don't know. Or did they? Maybe they didn't. I don't know. It's weird. The whole thing is weird. Somebody's got to be in charge. There's a continuity person, and then they should be able to remember where they sat. Exactly, but there they are. And young Smokey's really like, that's a gut punch, because Donnie really is slamming him. He's like, ooh, we are getting killed. Yes. He's not loving it. And Tattoo Man isn't wearing bowling shoes, I don't think. Or if they are, they're white. You can see Tattoo Man's shoes? Oh, yeah, you can. I think those are bowling shoes, but they're just white ones. Maybe oh, he has his, his own pair. But those are definitely some weird-ass shoes. They're like they just the, happen uh, to be white. That bowling, the ringer that they have when they need to throw a strike, that bald, older fella. Wasn't he wearing white bowling shoes, too? He might. Yeah, that seems right to me. Yeah. That has the ring of truth to it. It does. It smacks of the truth. Yeah. Yeah, and then you hear Walter, All right, Donnie! Which, is that the only time he speaks kindly to Donnie while he's alive? Could be. Well, Way, the, way to go, Donnie! Yeah, Walter is just in a really great mood. Because he's watching his ex-wife's dog? Why is he in such I guess. a good mood? Because he just saw his ex-wife? Because he's watching the, yeah, the dog? I don't know. <laughs> If you will it, it is no dream. Theodore Herzl. Right. <laughs> State of Israel. Yeah. So Herzl wrote... Um, he wrote uh, The Jew's State. So is he... Is Walter Miss... Identifying that work... I don't think so. I mean, what he did, what I believe, and all I really know about this is what I read on Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, he, in essence... Just kind of, like, summing up. Yeah, I mean, he, in essence, created the modern Zionist movement. In right. essence, the movement that led to the State of Israel. You know, right. the, the political thought that said there should be a State of Israel. That was right. his his writing that laid that all out. He died in 1904 at age 44, so... He died in 1904? Yeah, so he didn't quite live to... He didn't make it, did he? To see it. Bummer. But he, it was his... He put the... the a lot of... I guess he put a lot of the... At least the philosophical, you know, balls in motion. So he was 44 when he died. Yes. When, what did he die of? Do we know this? Uh, death and burial. Uh, you know... He died of cardiac sclerosis. Hardening of the arteries. Yes? I believe so, yes. Ate too many sausages. But you die when you're 44, but your life's work is creating a Jewish state that actually exists. Yeah. That's what it led. I mean, that's pretty good. What have I done? This, I guess. Right. But again, so we have, again, Walter 
This is the first inclination of Walter and his affinity to the Jewish people. Right. Also, with this quote. And he's well-versed enough in Jewish history and tradition to know this fella and be able to quote him accurately. Well, this is kind of like, you know, this is right in the intersection of his interests, right? Which is like radical political ideas and and Zionism and Zionism yeah (laughs) the dog's name is Thurston (laughs) that's what it says on the little thing I saw there's a thing there it was hard for me to read Thurston there he is as much as Walter is into radical political movements and Zionism and whatnot, he's not too up on his uh, dogs. He's got his ex-wife's dog here that he's brought bowling. And he says, I think it's a Pomeranian. (laughs) Yes. He doesn't even know what kind of dog it is. I consulted a dog expert. It's a Yorkshire Terrier. Not a Pomeranian. A Pomeranian is one of those dogs that has like the very silky, like puffy fur. It's the same size, okay. like similar size as this one, as Thurston, but it's like very puffy, like soft, silky, puffy. And this one, honestly, is kind of like has the oh, ratty fur. Yeah. So yeah, Yorkshire Terrier. I see. Yeah, it's not a yeah, it's not a Pomeranian. I'm looking at Pomeranians. That does not look like a Pomeranian. Not even close. This is a well, that's the next minute, so Right. Anyway, we'll get into that yes. next minute. But he just he's brought his ex wife's dog bowling. Alright. How about the dude's outfit? Well, those pants, you know. <laughs> Those are some nice pants. I feel like I may have had pants not quite that awesome, but similar to that. I feel like really? I may have had a pair of pants like that. Yeah. So those are like, I don't know what, like, they're not like those... Jammers? Jams? They're, they're, well, they're not like those crazy, like, in the 90s, there was like this trend of wearing like these like workout pants with these crazy patterns or whatever this isn't that you don't think that's that's what i assumed this was one this these look like well one these look kind of like old and faded and the pastel colors with the flowers like it almost seems like they're are they like women's pants (laughs) i mean not to be too sexy but like i mean with the flowers and all and the pastel colors. That's just hard. I don't know. I've never really seen pants like that. And that could just be speaking more to my limited experience with this world than anything else. But I think they're awesome. I would love to have those pants. <laughs> I mean, I have a pair of jeans that are red. I have like a bright red jeans. You have red jeans? Red jeans. I love them. I've heard a lot of colors of jeans. White, blue, black, green, purple. Never yep. red. No, I got red jeans that I've had them, I don't know, 20 years maybe? You've maybe owned a thing that. 20 years? There's a thing that you've owned that long? 
Yeah, probably not 20 years. Probably almost 17 years, maybe. That's crazy. Yeah. That's I'm older than now, a lot of people. True enough. I've just now started throwing out these shorts that I've had. These weird... They're almost, oh, you know what? If you look at Walter's shorts... Do you think Walter's shorts are like a jean material? They sure look like it. I had shorts. Let me see them again. See, I had a bunch of shorts that were very similar to Walter's shorts here. But yeah, those look like they're jean material. But they're like a thin jean material, like a chinos or something. Anyway, yeah, I had these shorts for forever. What, like and Walter all, shorts? They're kind of like Walter shorts, except they weren't, they're not denim. And I don't know. I more or less just, you know, use them as PJs mostly because they just kind of, you know, after a while, I was like, these are kind of lame. Like they were cool in like 1995 for about a month or something. Anyway, I'm only now finally throwing them out slowly, one at a time. Like I wear them and then when I'm done, I'm like, Instead of putting this in the washer, I just throw it out. Because, like, finally, the, just the elastic is gone. I can probably literally, like, pull them up to my nipples, probably. It's, it's a gut-wrenching, but it's a gut-wrenching experience throwing things like that away. It's just weird to think of how long I had those. Like, I was wearing those, I think, before I went to college. Well, before I moved, I probably got them, like, my freshman year in college. That you know the, it's a dangerous, slippery slope. You gotta be careful with your wardrobe. Yeah, because you know time starts slipping away. Like it's a, it's a squirrely little devil, and all of a sudden, you look around, and four to nine years have passed, and you might be wearing the same clothing that you were wearing four to nine years ago that would be bad yes well in the case of these red jeans we're talking more than that even 17 years ago maybe 15 at least but i don't know i still love them i only wear them on special occasions i like them so much (laughs) you know there's only special occasions that call for red jeans right right it's not an everyday deal no and you don't want to tax them you don't want no, to it's only them. when I really want to send a statement. Yeah, make a make that a I statement. Pull out the red jeans. Right. You're really gonna make a splash, you know. People are gonna know you're you're mean in business. Yeah, but going back to the dude, his whole getup. So he has these this floral. He's probably pants. wearing the same shirt. Let's face it. Yeah, he has a V-neck shirt, but then he has this like sweatshirt. Is it like ripped open? In the I, front? I don't... I think it's just that way. Or it's just this weird sweatshirt that has this really deep, like, V-neck plunge to it with these, like, huge billowy sleeves. Well, I think it's for someone, like, enormously much larger than him. <laughs> yeah, that could be. Because look at the seam where that sh- should be on his shoulder, right? Probably. Unless that's just the design of the It could be the designer maybe, that could be on his shoulder. Yeah, it's hard to tell. <laughs> but yeah. And he has his hair back with the clip. Well, and that clip, let me Ain't talk no about socks. that. Let me talk about that clip for a second. That is not a clip. That's called a hair separator, first of all. 
Okay. We Harris talked a little bit about this yes. clip because we saw it in a previous minute. He keeps it in his bowling ball bag. So it's his special bowling clip. He needs to get his hair out of his face. He gets his uh, this clip, but it's a, it's a hair separator. This is not something that you can buy by itself. Like here is one hair separator. This clip is used by uh, hairstylists when they're like dyeing hair or whatever, styling hair. They use it to separate sections of your hair. You can buy them at like a specialty, specialty kind of place, but they'll they'll come in like a pack of four or six. So you can't buy one at a time, unless. So it's just very curious that the dude has this. First of all, where did he get it? Did he date a hairstylist in the past, maybe? And she had one around, and you know, gave it to him, or he took it. Did uh, he steal it? Did he go to the salon and steal it? Or, this is the theory that I'm going with, there's one other way you can get these hair separators. They will provide them in a, uh, like a hair cutting kit. Like if you're going to cut your hair at home, they'll come with like the trimmer and a pair of scissors and a hair separator. Okay. So that's probably how he got this, because he's Could like, be. I'm not going to spend $20 on a haircut. I'm buying the hair cutting kit. I'll cut my own hair. And he's got the hair separator. Or he could have just found it at like a Goodwill, Salvation Army type situation. Well, that's where he could have got the hair cutting kit. Yeah. And the sweatshirt and the pants, probably. <laughs> right. right. And you can see at the end when they, he, you know, at the very end of the minute, Walter lets Thurston out of his carrier and you can see the dude's foot there in his multicolored bowling shoe with his weird okay there you can see they're not flowers they're like palm trees they're like palm trees and leaves and stuff palm trees and then there's his sockless foot in the bowling shoe so disgusting it's so gross it really is it really is he's just got a foot thing going on there's a lot of foot business in this movie seems yeah yeah ugh there's another shot where Walter's right foot and Donnie's foot are entirely too close to one another in this minute it's yeah in this minute I think it's when he first puts the carrier down maybe and let me just say Donnie's very pleased with himself when we first see him because he just Rolled that strike. Yeah, he's and he's like, sitting oh, in that yeah. chair, all happy, leaning yep. back, all cocky. Even short even and stuff. Donald, even uh, Walter's giving him a right. The kudos there. Yeah, so you know it's big time. Yeah, I don't you know think what? I think no. it's not their feet. It's I think you're looking. Are you looking at his bowling shoe? No, it's not in this minute. It comes up the okay. next minute. I, right. I cheated, so we'll get to that next we'll minute. We'll get to that. But yeah, Thurston's there. And, um, oh, that's not in this minute either. I, I did cheat a couple of different times, is it? There's just, uh, we'll see these people again. But there's people, like, hanging out back there. Yes. I was looking at those, too. So do you mean, well, in which in which shot? Like, uh, Walter walking the first down? Shot, yeah, the first shot we see Walter. 
There's like people at like high top table, just like they're hanging out. Mm-hmm. They, they don't have any food or anything. The woman doesn't appear to be wearing bowling shoes. I think they're just hanging out at the bowling alley. Well, they could be, who knows what, waiting for a lane to open or... Well, it is league play, so they're not going to be playing for a while. Yeah. Or maybe they know someone that's league playing and they're here to like just cheer them on. But oh, that could be. They're waiting. I mean, are you talking about... It's a woman and a man. You're talking okay, yeah. They're sitting. You can kind of see their whole bodies. You're not talking about yeah. like the guy smoking. You can just kind of, and the woman he's with. You can just kind of see them like from the shoulders up. No, I was hoping the behind. smoking man would be in this one, but well, there is a smoking guy there. Right there, he is. He's and very then, serious. Yeah. And then after Walter sits down, you know, if you look right behind, like you know, from Walter to Donnie, there's like spectators back there, like two guys kind of sitting. On those chairs, like behind the behind the bowling ball rack, they're, they're kind of looking intently at what's happening. Like, oh, we're watching the bowling. And they go on to have, like, the guy on the right is <laughs> right. pissed off. You know, he's like, "This is ridiculous." And the other guy, and they're pointing a lot. They go on to have a pretty in-depth yeah. conversation that we can't hear. Yeah, the guy. Yeah, the guy on our right. With the blue shirt with the pattern, is like yeah, he's kind of pissed off. But the other guy's yeah. like pointing, laughing, like oh look, they're, f-. yeah. I said when the other guy's right. shaking his head, no man, no, no fuck, bullshit. Those, those guys are bullshitters. <laughs> like yeah, exactly. So, are you ready for the weirdest thing I've seen in this movie to date? I I I'd love to hear it. All right, rewind with me a little bit to like sixteen thirty, coming into. This this uh, second section here now we're in the bowling yep. alley. So Donnie yeah. slamming him tonight. He turns around. He walks over. He's gonna walk past Smokey and the gang. Mm-hmm. So there he is. Nobody else really around. There's uh, Smokey and the gang. They obviously have lane 22. Yes. And the dude Donnie and Walter are gonna be in 23, which they were in 23 last time we saw them. So. Kudos. That's like their lane, I guess. They love twenty-three. Okay. But all right, and you know a little bit of uh, bowling etiquette. I mean, probably as much as I do. I don't know a lot, but you know, you have your area there. You don't come walking through somebody else's area if you're not a part of it, like from the lane side. You know, maybe if like there's a ball shelf there you'll go and look for a ball but you're not like people aren't cruising between lanes 22 and 23 unless they're a part of lane 22 right right. how did that guy get there and all of a sudden this guy we see wally comes slamming up through there and walking up the stairs so first of all where did he come from second of all if you think about the bowling alley and the you know unwritten rules of etiquette he wouldn't be doing that well, they just they just had him there to let me see where he exactly comes from. He doesn't come from anywhere. He's not in any of the previous shots. Yeah. He just well, appears. My, but could he have They they put him in to make this shot like have more life to it or something. Right. Like this guy must have been on lane 2120 something like that and then walked. I mean this is the the best case scenario. Right, but he, 
Yeah, he walked like behind those seats, like where all those balls are lined up. For some reason, instead of just walking up the little walkway to the main right. area, and walk, he like walked behind, directly behind all these people at the lanes, and then decided to go up to like the locker area. Yeah, which would be annoying. It's like get out of here. Yeah, well, when Walter sits down, there's a guy, an older gentleman with the blue shirt, walking right behind him too. So, yeah. but here's a, so here's a theory though. Yeah. No, never mind. There's no theory. Oh, wait a minute. No, 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 no. See, even though next to each lane there's like a little, like, steps up, those steps do not continue all the way to that back area, like the way Walter came in. They just go to this weird little aisle of seats. Right, right. To so like you, you have to. So for that guy in the, not the first guy, but for the, the older gentleman that walks behind Walter... Like, for him to get from lane 24 on, wherever he is, to get out, he has to walk behind these people and then go up where Walter was. Like, there's only, there's, like, only a connection out to that main, right, like, every lobby so area often. every so often. So for maybe like, it's not as weird. For every three sets of close stairs, there's only one uh, egress, basically. Right. Yeah, so maybe it's not quite as weird, but he does appear out of nowhere. Yeah, he just kind of appears. There's a ball behind Walter. It says something Holly Star. It's like it was painted on there with whiteout. You gotta wonder. It's a black bowling ball right behind his left shoulder. Right. Yeah, no, I noticed that. Yeah. Which I've never seen a bowling ball like that in a bowling alley. There's three words. We can't read the first word because it's up over the top of the ball. And then it says Holly Star. Mm-hmm. Although these are the... Oh, you know what? It's a house ball, I bet you. Hollywood Star Lanes is the name of this bowling alley. Hmm. So maybe it's something to do with that? Could be. Could it be an address? Like 100 Holly Star <laughs> Avenue or something? Why would there be an address on a bowling ball? Well, they used to, yeah, I don't know. So if you steal it, they know how to get it back. So, but but so is this the Hollywood Star Lanes they're at though? Yes. Well, there's the answer. It's yeah, it's just short for Hollywood Star. What the other word is, I don't know. And why that one has that written in like right. huge letters and white out, and the others don't. I mean, the one to the left of Walter does have some writing, but it's like small. You know, like professionally printed little print on it. You can't even come close to reading it. Uh, yeah. Maybe that's some kind of commemorative ball, right? Like maybe the tenth anniversary or something. Hmm. Who knows? Interesting. And the guy that walked past Walter, he's just going back to his locker. There, he's very interested right. in what's in his locker. I don't know why you'd need to use a locker, but. Well, you can't take all your junk down to the lanes. I would junk. You need what to you be got? free and easy. Maybe you have a... Uh... Yeah, I'm just looking. That guy definitely does come out of nowhere. Like, you don't see him. Like, you feel you could, like, see him in the shot Somewhere. with Donnie. Right. Yeah, he just appears literally out of nowhere. He just poofs into existence. I would have preferred it was like one of the other guys from lane 21 or 20 
You know, you, you, we've got some guys back there, but this guy is just out of the blue. Mm-hmm. Man comes out of the blue like that, you know? I've exhausted my list of items, I think, to discuss. Yeah, I think we're probably at a good place to wrap it up. Probably. And I know of, I, we've touched, ahead. we've well, we've dabbled into this scene in the bowling alley. It's going to continue for a minute or two, or maybe even longer. Yep. We have some iconic dialogue coming up. Oh soon. yes. Oh yes. So uh, yeah, I think we've we've set the stage here with this bowling alley, and I think yeah, I think it's a good place to wrap it up. And I, I did promise that I would have a. Uh, the uh, some of the interview from the proprietor of the Little Lebowski shop, but I did not get to that, so it will well, be in a, a future episode. We will get to it. Yeah. We will. We definitely will. And I'm glad that Walter is back because I just, I'll just keep teasing things that will never come to fruition, but I have another little featurette that maybe we'll put on the Tumblr. Okay. Um, I interviewed a bench rifle enthusiast who talked about these glasses that Walter wears. Oh, okay. So we'll have a little featurette discussing Walter's uh, yellow glasses. How do we get to the Tumblr? I don't even know how to get there. I think what we're going to have to do is just make sure there's a link to it from gutterballs.tv. All right. Let's do that then. Because otherwise... Huh... The URL is, like, long. Yeah. Or maybe not. Here it is. It's, you see what happens, Lebowski.tumblr.com. Yeah, I thought it was something insane like that. You A see Tumblr for Lebowski stuff from the makers of Gutterballs, the Lebowski Deepcast. You see what happens? You see what happens? <laughs> you see what happens, Lebowski.tumblr.com. That is long. Yes. There's definitely a lot of supplementary supplementary material we could add to there, and we can do start doing a better job of that. Right. Well, we'll start with these two featurettes I have coming up. Uh, might be some video to go along with them. So, excellent. Keep your eyes peeled for that. And don't forget, we have phones ringing, dude. Yes. Sections. Yes. So keep those coming too. If we can make each minute last for, you know, two and a half to three hours, then we're living. So I'm tapped. Let's do it. Let's pull the pin. Pull the pin, throw the hammer up onto the poop deck. Poop deck. Next time on Gutter Balls. Gutterballs.